Awesome. Well, welcome back to another edition of the All Things Bama podcast powered by BamaCentral.com. I'm your host, Tyler Martin, and t- tonight well, I'm, I'm joined by a very special guest. Um, you know, you've probably seen him on your television set. You've probably seen him trolling opposing teams on Twitter, but it is Alabama basketball super fan, president of the Crimson Chaos, Luke Ratliff. Luke, thanks for joining me, man, and how are you doing tonight? I'm great, Tyler. Thanks for having me on. Uh, super excited to be on the podcast. Yeah, man. So, you know, Luke, just before we get into some basketball talk, just wanted to ask you a little bit about your background because um, you, you're the main guy, man. You are the point person for all things Crimson Chaos. You're leading the student section. Just talk about, you know, what, what, what kind of year has it been so far after this season um, with the support you've gotten and just, uh, you know, kind of the, uh, the movement you're trying to build um, down in Tuscaloosa. Uh, absolutely. You know, uh, being president of the Crimson Chaos, we've uh, over the past year or so, we've seen a bunch of exponential growth, really, within the organization and student involvement and just really all just visibility at Alabama basketball games, especially uh, our students this year have been fantastic. We've had a bunch of uh, I think, well, I'm trying to get I'm trying to remember the number, but I think through the uh, Kansas State game or the Arkansas game, excuse me, we had record turnout for this part of the year uh, for the Crimson Chaos. So that's pretty good. But anyways, uh, been involved with the organization. This month now my second year involved with them. It's, it, it's been pretty good. We're just trying to be, you know, trying to create Coleman Coliseum, make it a, uh, the best basketball environment in the country. I think we're well on our way with that. Yeah, I, I I would agree, man. It's it's if you if you look back on maybe some of the, I mean the latter part of the Anthony Grant years, and then you look at maybe Avery Johnson's star his first season. Um, you know, it was I, I remember going into Coleman Coliseum when there was just tens of people, and now with I mean with with Nate Oates the era here he's starting. You know, it's just you're seeing I mean awesome crowds even on Tuesday night against Tennessee. Six o'clock was a bad time. And I, it was about 5.45, I looked around, and I was like, I don't know if this is going to be a good crowd. And then, you know, 15 minutes before tip, it's like, I mean, right right when it got hit at 6 o'clock, I mean, it filled up. Absolutely. You know, we're just uh, just trying to get people out of these games and show them a good time. And, uh, try and We have two main goals, long-term goals as an organization, and that's to establish a tradition and to make sure the, person, the kid in the last row is having as much fun as the kid in the first row. So and I think we've accomplished that so far, and we're looking forward to what's next. Um, you know, Luke, real quick, just some more of your background outside of UA. Tell us how a, how a kid from North Carolina, because you, you grew up in North Carolina, you grew up a big basketball fan. You know, tell us, you know, how you got to UA and why you're so in love with Bama basketball. Uh, I got to UA, uh, you know, it just seemed right. Uh, I had people lived on the street that were – uh, from Tuscaloosa, uh, UA grad, stuff like that. And uh, the influence is obviously heavy. And uh, I applied to UA, and they took me, and it just felt right. And I've been watching – well, keeping up with Alabama basketball. It's hard to watch it in North Carolina growing up because you only got uh, a couple games a year up there on television uh, before the inception of the SEC network. But I come to UA and it's just it, it, my fandom's really, really taken off. It was great beforehand, but really taken off since I've been here. 
So, and I, I would consider you a basketball savant and aficionado. I mean, I, I mean, you, you know your stuff. You love, you eat, sleep, breathe college basketball. And uh, you know, you're, you're kind of like Alabama's John Rothstein a little bit. Now, what would it take, you know, for when, when is John going to finally listen to you, Luke? And, and we're, we're going to get a, we're going to get a Roth, Rothsteinism for Nate Oates. It needs to happen soon because it seems like everyone's getting one. If Steve Bakil from Rutgers has a has a one liner from John Rothstein, there's no reason we shouldn't. Uh, but you, you know, Roth, Rothstein said it, uh, and I sort of relate to it a lot. Some people have hobbies. I watch college basketball. That's what I do. I, I, I eat, sleep, and breathe it, like you said. And I, I really, especially in uh, the SEC, it's just it's a tough league, a lot, tr- a lot more tradition than people realize in this league, and I live for stuff like that, man. And uh, being here, in Alabama, uh, one of the most tradition-rich programs in the SEC, uh, having as big a hand in it as I do, uh, it's really, it's really just a blessing. I enjoy it. And listeners, if you don't know who John Rothstein is, I really encourage you to follow him on Twitter. He works for CBS Sports. He's their college basketball guy. He's their guru. Um, and he has these little one-liners like, um, you know, Mick Cronin for the UCLA coach. He says, Mick Cronin, you know, um, what is it, better than a uh, better than more, a few good men on a rainy Sunday? More consistent than a few good men on a rainy Sunday. There it is. Or I, I know the Auburn one, you know, Auburn basketball, welcome to the jungle, you know, along those lines. And we're all waiting for the day when he recognizes – Luke's efforts to get a uh, to to get a Rothsteinism. So, um, but like you said, Luke, tradition is rich in the SEC, and you mentioned Alabama, obviously second in uh, you know tournament titles, second in wins all time. Um, but let me ask you this: What is the best basketball environment in the SEC outside of Coleman Coliseum? And also the exception. I mean, you've been to Rupp, I know, but um, what would you say Rupp is, or what would you say is the best experience outside of Coleman Coliseum? You know. I'd, I'd say Rupp. I, I would say Rupp because uh, so much of Rupp is just tradition, doing the same thing for, you know, however long they've been doing it up there. Uh, it's just, you know, what's going to happen at certain points. Like, you know, with uh, at the under 12 timeout in the second half, they're going to do the uh, spell out. They're going to do the Kentucky spell out on the court. Uh, you know that uh, they're going to count down championships pregame. It's just, it's, I, uh, in, not to mention 24,000 people, and all of them are invested in what's happening. So I'd say Rupp, uh, but I would, I'd, I'll say this. As ter- in terms of basketball environment, uh, on a good night, on, when, it's packed, when it's packed out, when there's 15,000 people in there, Coleman Coliseum is as best as I've ever been in. Uh, and that was, true, uh, uh, that was true this year against Auburn. That was the best basketball environment I've ever been in uh, two years ago. 2018 against Oklahoma, that was right up there with him. And I've been around, too. You know, I've been everywhere in the SEC except Florida, uh, Texas A&M, and Missouri. And uh, I've been to numerous games at the Dean Smith Center and Chapel Hill. Uh, I've been all over the place, man. I've seen a lot of college basketball, and I've never been in an environment quite like Coleman Coliseum was on uh, the 15th of this, this, uh, this past January. And you know, I was I was in Rupp too this past month for the Kentucky game, and um, and obviously you know tough tough game for Alabama. But, oh, yeah. know, the way the way they fought that game, but when I as a college basketball fan myself, when I, what I was what I was really paying attention to was just the crowd. You know, like um, 
you know, like in baseball, you go to Yankee Stadium, you know, that kind of feels more like a tourist thing. And for, for, for you know, college event, um, Kentucky, what I felt like when I was in Rupp and what I want Coleman Coliseum to be, which I think it's getting there, is to where everybody isn't just sitting on their hands, they don't have their arms folded. It's they're intently watching what's going on and they're paying attention and they know when they need to get loud. They know when they might need to settle down a little bit. Um, and I felt like the Kentucky fans did that. And they, I mean, they just, they, they know what's going on, obviously, because it's a basketball state. Absolutely. You know, in rough, whenever, uh, whenever Kentucky scores, you know, two or three baskets in a row and they're on the cusp of a big run and uh, Rupp breaks out in the go big blue chant, it's just, you might as well pack up and go home because it's over right then. But you know, Coleman Coliseum, we've had this problem forever. And it's, 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 uh, there's a lot of programs, a lot of fan bases that suffer the same problem, but more so in uh, Coleman Coliseum because uh, your loudest students aren't closest to the floor or your loudest fans aren't closest to the floor. But you got a lot of people, I call them uh, arm folders uh, that sit uh, in the white seats, the Tide Pratt seats at Coleman Coliseum. And uh, I don't know what it is, but. They just sort of sit there with their arms folded all the time while, you know, me and 2,100 other students are going absolutely crazy. I don't know how that doesn't feed off, but sometimes they'll get up. I'll give it to them. But it's just nerve-wracking when stuff like that happens, you know, whenever uh, you got people at a an SEC basketball game. Uh, a lot of times the stakes on the line and aren't invested in the product on the floor. And on the flip side of basketball environments, Luke, you've been to all of them. You said except for three. What's the worst in the SEC? I think we, I think we might agree on this. I'm, I'm curious your opinion. What's the worst basketball atmosphere in the SEC? Well, currently it's at Vanderbilt. Currently, because you know, well, I say this, and they beat LSU last night. They put and we're recording this on Wednesday, but they beat LSU or Thursday, excuse me. But they beat LSU this past Wednesday, and. Uh, Memorial Gym, man, I'm telling you, it is, a, it is a dump. It is an absolute dump. It was built in, you know, the 1700s or whatever, and they haven't updated it since then. It's just, it's a tough place to go to. There's no good seat in the house. Uh, if, if you get, if you do get a good seat, you know, on the sidelines, you're below the court because it's elevated. It's just a real tough place, and the fan base isn't very engaged. Uh, there's not really much of a fan base at this point, of course, because they've won one uh, SEC basketball game in two years. So uh, right now for me, it's Rupp. I'm uh, not Rupp, excuse me. Memorial, uh, Memorial Gym. That's just an awful place to watch a basketball game. You know, I uh, I, I thought you were going to say the Hump in Starkville because I was there last. You know year. what? You know what? I take that back. I take that back. The Hump in Starkville. Oh my goodness! It's just it, it's a ten thousand seat gym, right? And they only fill it up halfway, so you got five thousand people at this at this gym, uh, and they're all like old people who's been watching Mississippi State basketball since you know the silent era, the era, and they're just all mad. All of them are upset. I've been, I've been two years, the past two years, I've been uh, had people in uh, in the hump at Mississippi State threatening to. Th call security and throw me out of the game for nothing more than just sitting there and being an Alabama fan at a Mississippi State basketball game. Uh, it is it is just a – now, baseball, on the other hand, baseball, that's the best place in the country to watch a ball game. Oh, I, I agree. I agree. Basketball, man, I wouldn't I, – I don't like going there. It's a midweek game every year. I just do not like going there. 
Yeah, like I said, I was there last year, and I was there as a fan, and I just maybe maybe it was some of my interaction with some of the Bulldogs fans. I don't know what it was, but I was I walked away because I had been I had been to Duty Noble, I had been to Davis Wade, you know, I had seen that, and they're right down the road from us in Tuscaloosa, and I was just I, like I said, I was sorely disappointed in my time um, at the home. But hey, we'll both be there in a few weeks when Alabama heads back to Starkville for you know, and we're talking we're about to talk talk about the SEC, you know, what's going on on the court, and they're playing some of the best basketball in the conference right now. Absolutely, they are. They they were off to a Mississippi State was they were off to a slow start. You know, I think they start what zero and four, one and three in conference, and uh, they've really turned it around since then, and are looking like a twenty win tournament team. Luke, let's go ahead and talk about what happened on Tuesday, and then maybe prep a little bit of Alabama Georgia for Saturday. Um, Alabama one point loss to Tennessee, a game they led by fifteen points. Um, you know, it was heartbreaking. Uh, Alabama got off to a good start again, like they did against Arkansas. But Luke, uh, what was this? I mean, okay, without with or without Herb Jones, you've got to win this basketball game. Um, this to me, this was two teams. You know, I mean, I, I'm not going to say obviously the NCAA tournament hopes are gone. I, of course not. I mean, there's too much time. There's a whole month left. But like, it felt like maybe an early elimination game. Both teams were twelve and nine in the middle that logjam in the middle of the conference. But w- what what did you ta- what was your main takeaway from Tuesday night? Uh, just the tide ran out of the gas in the second half. Uh, that it, the other glaring thing that you know sticking out at me is Tennessee shot thirty two free throws, and Alabama only shot eight the whole game. Uh, I then obviously. Trying to say that uh, officiating this—I don't even know who this crew was. Usually, I know who this who the officiating crews are when they come out, or at least one of them. Uh, I did not recognize this crew at all. But uh, I'm not going to blame it on officiating. But there's something wrong, especially as many times as Alabama drove it to drove the lane and attacked the basket. Uh, there's something wrong when one team shoots eight free throws and the other shooting 32. Um, other than that, uh, the tide just ran out of gas, and you're starting to see now, and it's nothing really they control. They can control other than, you know, dumb fouls and stuff like that, but nothing they can really control because they've only got eight bodies, uh, seven, eight bodies that they can throw out there. And you've seen all three bigs for Alabama, Alex Reese, Javion Davis, Galen Smith foul out with time left in the game. It's just, you know – Injuries, Herbert Jones, Beetle Bolton, who was back but didn't play very well, uh, first game back from uh, GI issue, having GI issues, GI infection. Uh, just that's one thing you can't replace on the court. You, that's one thing you can't fix. You can't just make up bodies to throw out there. And in the grind of the SEC schedule, this, this is right now is the toughest six-game uh, six stretch for the Tide all season. And – it's just, you know, it couldn't come – injuries couldn't have come at the worst time. You know, Herbert Jones broke his hand against LSU, was out against Arkansas, uh, was out again against Tennessee, more than likely going to be out versus Georgia and Auburn. But it's just teams gassed. I mean, you've got – you've got one – I'm looking at the box score now. You've got two players playing 37-plus minutes in the game uh, and others in the 30s, and – it's hard to do that and keep that up and keep up a production a level of production that you want in, especially in conference play. And especially 
when you have uh, free throws slide at more than one team than the other. Uh, foul opportunities slide at more than one team than the other. Uh, but it's just it's it's a tough loss. Alabama shouldn't have lost that game, but it's not something you can blame them for losing. Yeah, I, uh, I I agree with you. And you know, Alex Reese, he fouled out, I believe, with like some three minute three minutes and some change left. And you know, I looked over to the guy sitting next to him. I'm like, I, I don't know the whole situation with Raymond Hawkins. I know he's played in a few games, but I'm like, you know what? Eventually, I mean, if I mean, if they, if you know, in that situation, if it was more time on the clock, I'm like, you might have to just throw him out there. Absolutely. You know, it's what you got. <laughs> you got to throw out what you got. Uh, you seen in Ar- on in the Arkansas game at the end of the first half. You've seen uh, Coach Oates motion down to the bench with a minute left in the game. You've seen Coach Oates motion down to the bench for a uh, walk-on Sam McCaru to come on. Uh, and obviously didn't get in. It uh, was an opportunity for him to get in that half. But it's just you, you're playing the cards you're dealt now. And uh, desperate times are going to call for desperate measures soon if something don't uh, come right, if something don't turn around for Alabama. Now – I think also, Luke, one of the main issues in this ball game and the Arkansas game too, really, you know, John Petty's got to get, get got to get it going on offense. You know, without her being there, and I, and I do I do like how Petty's playing on defense. I like how he's rebounding the basketball, but he's got to be better than three of eight from the field and one of four from three. He's got to be for Alabama to win. Um, what you know, at, I mean, out, when when he got to the Bahamas, he got on fire and he stayed on fire until about you know obviously the LSU game when he got benched. Um, so I just I think he's the guy that needs to step up, and you know against Georgia, I mean you know Georgia's one of the worst defensive teams in the SEC. Um, I think that's going to be a good spot for him to really step it up. Absolutely, you know I've said it time and time before. Uh, this team goes as twenty three goes, and when twenty three isn't having a good game, uh, it typically doesn't spell well for the Tide. Uh, and you know you got to get. You got to get both both players, Kyra Lewis and John Petty, going at the same time at this point in the year, especially down so many bodies and uh, so thin on the bench. It's uh, you got to get both of them going. You seen against Arkansas, Arkansas, uh, they both combined for twenty points, and that's just not going to cut it. Um, but looking ahead, you know, Georgia, Georgia just had crushing loss against Florida, where they blew a twenty point lead, twenty plus point lead. Uh, looking ahead, this is a great opportunity uh, because they don't play very good perimeter defense. The Georgia Bulldogs don't. Uh, they're not, you know, a very efficient defensive team. It's just it, something's got to happen. You know, you have players sometimes it's natural for them to go through a little slump, especially in college uh, during the gruel of an SEC schedule mostly. Uh, it, you see players have off games, and that's okay, right? But it's got to turn back on sometimes. And I, I need John Petty to really turn it back on against Georgia Saturday. One last thing on the Tennessee game before we still talk about Georgia a little bit. Yeah. Um, John Fulkerson for for the Volunteers, uh, big big guy down low. He had twenty two points. Uh, did did you see after the game, Luke, what he what his response was to you guys? Because I think whenever he touched the ball or whenever he was at the free throw line, y'all were telling him to cut his hair. And he's you know, he's got that long dark hair with the headband. Mm-hmm. Um, and after the game, he was like, you know what, he, you know, he's like, I had to go over there and tell him after the game that I'm getting my hair cut, not because of them, but because I already had it scheduled. Absolutely, you know, he came and talked to us 
on the way to the press conference, all the way to the media room, uh, he came and talked to us, and that's the first thing he told us with a smile on his face. Uh, it, it, it was a good time. Uh, but, you know, I'm glad he was listening. I, I'd like He said he had it scheduled beforehand, uh, but I like to think that we we influenced that. You know, that, that was because of us. But uh, that that dude that dude seemed like a joker, man. He uh, he is you know he he's a man of the people there in Knoxville. He's a Tennessee native, so you know he's their native son, and I mean he's he is he is very 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 country. Absolutely, real good kid too. Uh, was happy to see him come by and be a good sport and talk to oh, him. Yeah, okay. yeah, he he was fantastic with the media afterwards. Um, and then lastly, uh, I wanted to mention this earlier, Luke. Uh, you've told me before that you have a really good uh, – I mean, you just have relationships with some of these SEC coaches, and after the game they'll come and talk to you. Um, there's one in particular that I wanted to ask you about, one interaction, um, and that was with one Will Wade of LSU who will be coming to town for Alabama's next home game, which is February 15th. Um, tell me about the last time Will Wade was in Coleman Coliseum. The last time LSU came to Coleman, it was on uh, – it was the eve before Mar- Mardi Gras last year. So it was the Saturday before Mardi Gras uh, of 2019. LSU came. LSU won the game, of course. But uh, after the game, I usually stay longer to talk to the coaches and whatever players come by, just like I was talking about John Fulkerson a while ago, uh, uh, because they have to walk right by us after the game and get to the media room. Uh, I had no intentions of speaking to Will Wade last year. Uh, I just, as a coach, as a professional in the sport, I do not like him. Uh, but he came up to me and he told me, uh, he said, man, I'm such a huge fan of yours. I always see you at these games and traveling the country and stuff like that. And I'm like, what? I'm like, this guy, you know, this guy. And he talked to me and he had done this research. He knew where I was from. He knew what high school I attended. Uh, really just a freak experience, but uh, this Will Wade cat, I'm telling you, uh, that was that was interesting. I'm looking forward to welcoming back to Coleman Coliseum next Saturday. Yeah, that's a uh, man. That that's just so surreal, you know. Like an SEC coach coming over there, knowing your high school, knowing obviously doing his research, um, basically scouting you like he would scout Alabama. <laughs> yeah, I've never been scouted before, so that was that was that was definitely weird to uh, weird to experience. But nonetheless, uh, I think I made a. Uh, made an impression on Coach Will Wade. Now, on to Saturday, on to Athens, on to the Georgia Bulldogs. You know, you mentioned Georgia coming off of a crushing, crushing defeat at the hands of the Florida Gators, similar to how Alabama lost that game. You know, Alabama was up 20-plus. They lost it. Same with Georgia. Now, in the first half, I mean, Anthony Edwards, their star player, um, you know, he's probably going to be number one or two in the draft. Um, he was going – he went off in the first half. I mean, he had 30 points for the game, but I think he had like 18 or 19 at the break. And nobody from Florida was willing to step up and defend him. Who on this Alabama squad, Luke, steps up and says, I want to take Ant-Man on Saturday? John Petty. Uh, because, you know, normally it would be Her- Herbert Jones who takes on the – uh, opposing team's best offensive player, but he's not here. Uh, and John Petty, we've ta- we've seen him talk about. We've seen Coach Oates talk about what improvements he made. He's made on the uh, defensive side of the court. Uh, I think it's. I think you got to put John Petty on it because that's their best player. John Petty's become one of the honestly one of the best defending guards in the SEC, uh, in my opinion. Uh, a far cry from what he was even last year, much 
less his freshman year. Uh, you got to put John Petty on. Let him do his thing. And, you know, I mean, do you expect Jaden Shackford to have another big game like he did against LSU and, you know, uh, like he had against Arkansas as well? Um, you know, do you expect him to kind of get back? Because he only had 12 points on Tuesday. Do you expect him to have a big game on Saturday? Uh, I don't know. I not only expect it, I need him to have a big game on Saturday because, uh, and honestly, I'm impressed. Jaden Shackelford, just the poise he's shown as a freshman on the road, especially in conference play. You look in, uh, he played very well off the ball, of course, in Rupp Arena. And uh, you look, Vanderbilt, he played well. Uh, he was the lone bright spot, in my opinion, against LSU, uh, getting open looks at least. Uh, and running the offense, moving without the ball, and being where he needed to be at the right time. Uh, he's played with incredible poise for a freshman on the road. Uh, I, I look for him to have a big game Saturday because he's, he's been so important to this team, uh, especially you know being able to play the long minutes, uh, being able to uh, uh, get shots off and run in the offense and uh, handle the ball, really, because that's something Alabama's needing right now uh, is a efficient ball handler and somebody who can drive to the basket like and finish like Jaden Shackelford can. Uh, I need him to have a big game Saturday. I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. Um, you you've been to Athens before. I've I've been to Stan, I've been to Sanford Stadium there. I have not obviously been to uh, Stegman Coliseum, which will be on Saturday. Tell us a little about the environment in Athens. What what's the tide going to be facing there? Uh, it's actually a pretty neat place to watch a basketball game, uh, Stegman. And I, I might be in the minority on this, but I really like it. Uh, as an as a arena itself, uh, well, first of all, their students are in the right place. Their students are uh, behind, the, uh, out the, behind the opposing team's basket, and uh, it, they, they do a great job with what they do there. But Stegman Coliseum, uh, it's just a really neat gym to me. I, I, I like going to watch games there. Obviously, in the past, Couple trips. Alabama hasn't had, you know, the luck that they need in Stegman Coliseum. But uh, I'm looking forward to going back this time. I think uh, it'll be fun. Any any recommendations for any spots? Maybe grab lunch or something, Luke, in Athens. For uh, any Tide fans who might be listening to this while they're on their way. I need to, I need to look because I think I, I've never I never eaten Athens. I never try and stay in Athens as long as I can. Uh, I'm trying to be in and out. Uh, when I get to Athens. Uh, so I usually stop and eat at the varsity in Atlanta, or I believe they got varsity there in Athens. So just go get a, go get a chili dog and a, uh, an orangeade. So that's what I do. I know there's some other spots too. Uh, I'll have to defer to uh, Tuscaloosa News. Cecil Hurt on that one. But uh, just go get the chili dog at varsity on your way in or out. You heard the man. And now, Luke, when we think about SEC basketball as a whole right now, we're at the midway point. What are maybe – okay, what's the most disappointing thing for you so far this season in the SEC? And then what's the most surprising aspect of this season so far? That's a tough one. Um, disappointing? Uh, a lot of the teams just haven't, been, just haven't been, you know, what we thought they would be. Uh, a, a bright spot is Arkansas. Arkansas is I, – I didn't expect them to play as well as they have this year. And, of course, they've – you know, they're just coming off the overtime loss against Auburn. But uh, Eric Musselman, I didn't expect him to have the impact that he's had. 
uh, this season. Uh, I thought they'd be a two- or three-year project at least. But they're playing very well. Uh, on the downside, I really I – guess, I guess you'd say Georgia because they were in uh, non-conference play. They had some – they played really well in uh, the Maui Invitational. I believe they played Kansas and uh, lost in a really close game in Maui, but they played very well. Uh, Anthony Edwards was really a star in the non-conference play. You go to Memphis at near about full strength, of course, without James Wiseman, and they win one of the best games of the year, in my opinion, in Memphis, Tennessee, Georgia does. And then they get the conference play, and they start 1-6 or 1-5 uh, with, re- with really bad losses to – uh, Mizzou and a uh, real bad loss to Florida the other night. But, you know, Georgia, I guess that'd just be my big dis- disappointment of the conference season so far. Yeah, and I and I, I think partially, I mean, I think Tom Crean's a good coach. I think he's a decent coach. Um, you know, and it makes you think, Luke, when you look back to um, – it might have been when Avery Johnson got hired. I think Tom Crean might have been might have been his last year at Indiana, or might have been working at ESPN. But I remember there was obviously some Crimson Tide fans who were like, "Oh, I want this guy! I want this guy!" And so far, he's been in the SEC, and this is his, obviously his second year with it. He he inherited a really, you know, um, Mark Fox really didn't put that program in a great place. But um, they blew two twenty-plus point leads now, you know, to Missouri earlier in uh, two weeks ago, and then Florida. Um, so it makes you think, you know. You know who Alabama could have had versus what they have now. Nate Oates, um, who's obvious, you're, you're seeing the midst of a culture change. That I want, I want Crimson Tide fans to realize that. You know, you might see, oh, we're still blowing leads, but no, it, it's 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 a slow change, it's a slow process, but culture is changing. Oh, it's absolutely changing. And if you're if you're a fan of Tide hoops, you you got to be not just keep the faith, but you got to be able to see the difference. Especially on the court, not and also with you know just the culture, just looking, seeing the kids are uh, hustling every play and uh, playing with more heart and more adapt to taking charges and uh, stuff like that, and just how fast they're getting up and down the court and they that system, especially the later parts of the year so far. And started out not so great, of course, you know, turning the ball over, trying to play as fast as they can. Uh, instead of playing as efficiently as they can. Uh, but if you're a Tide fan, if you're a Crimson Tide fan, you need to, uh, you know, let this one ride out because I cannot, as someone close to the program, I cannot tell you, uh, I cannot put into words almost just how different things are and how the we talk a lot about up, upward trajectory. Uh, there's tons of upward trajectory with this program right now. And it's just so important as a fan to keep the faith and keep supporting the team. As we close, Luke, I'm going to ask you this. The next three games are huge for Alabama. Georgia, at Georgia, at Auburn, and then LSU. What is a realistic expectation for these for this team over the next three games? Realistic? It's, it's so tough because realistic is one and two. Hopeful is two and one. Uh, obviously, with – call me a bad fan, call me whatever – but I dread going to Auburn Arena uh, just because I know when I get – just past experience, I know when I get down there, uh, Auburn's going to come out. I, I remember a couple years ago, uh, this was 2016-17 season. Uh, 
the tide went down there after winning a couple games, coming off a big four overtime game against South Carolina with Auburn and not a good Auburn team either, but they came out shooting, you know, at the under four time, I believe the score was 20 to four uh, in Auburn arena. And I just, I get nightmares every time I go in there because I know they're going to shoot the lights out and there's not, not, we're not going to get any calls because they have a terrific home court as much as I hate to say it. Uh, and it's just, Chalk that one up as an L in my mind, but I'm still going to be down there for it, and hopefully, you know, we'll win, and I'm going to pull on the tight through. But two and one is it's very hopeful. Uh, if LSU plays like – because I'm going on record with this. Alabama's going to win this Saturday against Georgia. Uh, if LSU plays like they did against Vanderbilt, uh, very lackadaisical uh, perimeter defense, uh, getting in early foul trouble. If they play like they did against Vanderbilt this week, next Saturday should be a win as well. Uh, and you're looking maybe a team with Herbert Jones by then. Uh, but two and one, two and one, you want you can you can be really happy with uh, in terms of NCAA tournament hopes and among other things. But uh, one and one and two is not a bad thing either uh, because the back half of this schedule, the next six games. After LSU, uh, I don't want to say they should be a breeze, but they should be very good, uh, very good for a team going into the month of March. Yeah, I mean, you played teams like Ole Miss, and I get that set the pavilions on the road. Still hard to win on the road at all times, but you got A and M, South Carolina, Missouri again, Vandy again. Those are games you can manage without Herb Jones. And like you said, if they go two and one, guess what, Bama fans? The NCAA tournament hopes are back on. Absolutely. And they're, they're not off right now. They're not off at all. Uh, I've always said the magic number for getting into the NCAA tournament is, as a Power 5 conference team, as a Power, excuse me, Power 6 conference team, because I recognize the American conference. Uh, as a Power 6 conference team, your magic number is 18, 18 wins you want. And that should get, if you got a good schedule, that's absolutely going to get you into the NCAA tournament. And I think that's the number. Uh, Alabama fans should be looking for as well uh, is 18. If you can get to 18, you've got more than a chance to get in. Oh, if they've got 18 before the SEC tournament in Nashville and they just win that first game, whether that's on that Thursday or Friday, uh, night they get, I mean, that will get them to 19. They're in, in my mind, especially with a year where um, there's so much parity. There's so many teams who, you know, they get blown out some nights and then they're the team blowing out, you know, a team that's mm-hmm. supposed to beat them. Um, it is crazy. It is crazy. But thank you again, Luke, for hopping on here, man. You do a lot for the university. You do a lot for Crimson Chaos, and we appreciate that. You know, um, as a member of the media and a UA alum, it's it's nice to see um, you and what you're doing taking a stand for Bama basketball. Absolutely, I appreciate it. You know, it's uh, it's the most fun thing I do is twice a week going, to, whether it be home or away, uh, being a part of Alabama basketball and Alabama basketball tradition, and uh, it's it's the most fun thing I do. I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Luke. And I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. And uh, just, you know, watch some Crimson Tide basketball on Saturday.